and we are finally back with episode number three. Took a while. A lot of a lot of hiccups in, coming mm-hmm. in our way, you know. Nice yep. polar vortex shut down the recording studio for a couple days. Nearly froze me to death. Yeah, long distance things. A lot of stuff came up. Whatever, it's behind us. We're finally back here for episode number three. I'm Mills. I'm Cole. That makes us the Beards Bros. So here we go. We got to get our quick recap from everything that went down from the last episode. So. We are going to quickly talk college football, mostly signing day, so still pretty recent, big news still, but we got to get it in there. Yep, signing signing day just happened, and uh, you know, when you look at the top of the list, no big surprise, Alabama's number one, Georgia's number two. I mean, depending, that was 24-7 sports, it depends what rankings you go with, but basically, universally, they're number one and two, yeah. uh, which is not at all a surprise, because... One that I do like seeing, Texas number three. That was that was a surprise. And to me, the bigger thing, too, is that Oklahoma's number six. Yeah. And considering that they split that game, they Texas won the first game and Oklahoma won the second game to win the Big 12. Yeah. The fact that Texas just upstaged Oklahoma in the recruiting, I think that's pretty big. Yeah, well, we talked about it a little bit just in our free time. Like I said, when Texas football is doing well, it's good for college football. People might not like Texas, but it's just one of those things. The state of Texas and football are kind of synonymous with each other. So they are. obviously the biggest university in the state, when they finally put together a good season, yep. they're going to reap the benefits of yep. it. Um, they even uh, they even restarted a rivalry with USC there, stealing a uh, kid had already enrolled at USC, and then nope, nope, I'm gonna go to Texas, or I'm gonna go to Texas, and yeah. uh, McCoy he pulled out the five star receiver, so that was that was definitely a reignition of uh, a oh, rivalry. Yeah. Well, that happened a lot with USC to other schools. So <laughs> my uh, go Trojans, my, man. my beloved Oregon, who finished number seven in the six or seven in most rankings. Uh, yeah, they they stole a lot of Southern California. California recruits, yeah, and they recruit they recruited the whole country well. But uh, Oregon, number one in the Pac-12 for the first time ever in recruiting, really, so, that's the first time ever. First time ever, it, well, Oregon does not recruit well. The fact that Oregon pulled yeah. this off, I mean, well, yeah, Mario Cristobal, from, that's yeah. that's pretty solid. Yeah, they stole from USC. Juju Smith, he he was at their signing day. I don't even think <laughs> it, it matters. It doesn't matter. Nope. Oh, it just. It nope. sucks to be a USC fan, to watch all the recruits just kind of skip out and go elsewhere, but it is what it is. I am happy to see Texas yeah. at number three, though. I like LSU at number five. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, a big thing with me in sports is parity, and I love when you see the talent kind of dispersed to different programs other yeah. than your stereotypical Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. Clemson actually comes in at number 10, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure Clemson would be number three. It I thought they'd flirt with – I thought the top three were going to be Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, no specific order. I thought yeah. it was pretty much set. Same. Those three would yeah. do it because Kirby Smart is very good at recruiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Georgia just – I think people see, hey, that's the team that can upstage Alabama mm-hmm. in the SEC. So Definitely. that's where we'd want to go. But Clemson at number 10 surprised me. Yeah, especially coming off a national championship. Yeah. Like that, like – it's it's surprising that they weren't able to get a top recruiting class. Yeah. Granted, they are absolutely loaded. Yeah, I think and I think that could be a factor. I think that a lot yeah. of incoming freshmen are seeing where can I be an impact player fastest. Mm-hmm. Although 
I say that, I'd wonder why you'd think Alabama, because Alabama's in the same it's boat, true. typically. Exactly. Alabama's um, just as loaded, if not more loaded. Yeah, but yeah. Texas A&M at four was one that surprised. I would so, say that, another sneaky one. that one surprised me more than uh, Oregon being at number seven, if I'm going to be honest. Really? At least A&M's in Texas, and they do, yeah. they're in the SEC. They do recruit well. The yeah. fact that Oregon, the first time ever they've led the Pac-12 in recruiting, I mean, I don't think you can ask for more. Yeah. To be honest, that could probably just come from how often I hear you talk about Oregon. It's so true. I do talk about it. It's got this misconception in my mind that Oregon is a much bigger <laughs> deal than it actually is. Um, yeah. Either way... I like to see it looking at this top 10 here. I love seeing the parody that's going to be happening yeah. in college football. It's good for college football. Mm. I still think the SEC and Clemson are going to dominate. Uh, definitely. What, when what it other, comes to the college football playoff and everything, yeah. but still. Yeah, one other interesting thing is uh, Ohio State has led the Big 12 in recruiting the past several years. You mean Big and, 10? There's, yeah, sorry, the Big 10. Yeah. And. Uh, Michigan up there number nine. Michigan has been a good recruiter under Harbaugh, but uh, I kind of wonder if that that might be the first little bit of a turning point now that Urban Meyer's retired. Great point. If they might, if they might be slipping a little bit, I, Michigan's Michigan's encroaching on their territory. It's like you read my mind. I was about to ask you if you. I was about to bring up that exact <laughs> point. If the Urban yeah. Meyer retirement is starting to come into effect here already, I think it might be a little too soon to say that. However. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out as a factor. Michigan at number 8, I'd have to look up the specifics. I I think I'd be pretty accurate saying this is their highest ranked recruiting class in a while. Uh I'd have to look at I think they might they've had some they definitely had some top 10s under Harbaugh. I don't know how high they've got. I think Harbaugh's first year, I think they were higher. Okay. Cuz he got a lot of hype his first year. There's okay. all the stories of him sleeping out in front of recruit houses <laughs> and you know, yeah. Harbaugh being insane. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um the big one I the the one that I keep looking back at though, like I said, it's Texas. Yeah. I love seeing Texas at number three. I wanna see, I wanna see more I want to see more schools be able to challenge the SEC. and I say Clemson out of the ACC because it's pretty much only Clemson out of the ACC. Pretty much. So, you know, yeah. kudos to those. If LSU wants to do well in the SEC, that's fine. I like change. I like yeah. when there's change, you know. Um, yeah, if they could knock Alabama out before they get to the yeah. SEC title game, that'd be great. Yeah. I, I love I love parody. I can't say it enough. We talk about it all the time, just mm-hmm. you and me. So yeah. I think this – Looking at it could be good for college football. Finally, some uh, you know disbursement of talent yeah, throughout the some, nation. Some big Ten, there's some Big Ten teams and Big Twelve teams. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely good to see that it's not just. It is still you can see the SEC has an edge, but it's not, yeah, uh, not as bad anymore. 10, yeah, not as bad anymore. Yeah. It's definitely something I think can make college football more interesting going forward. Depends really on when all these recruits finally step onto the field, too. That is that is a big and, factor, too. In co- that's that's a wild card every year in college, I mean. Yeah, it depends on every team and, and the scenarios where yeah. you, know, you have injuries and stuff, different yeah, like, players play that aren't expected to play, yeah. Yeah, none of it's set in stone, but looks good, makes me happy to see all these different teams being in there, happy mm-hmm. with it. USC finished 18th, oof. Not surprising, seeing as they lost a lot of their big recruits to Oregon, yeah, and we, other uh, schools. Mario Cristobal did work, and then so did so did Texas came in there and stole some, some yeah. guys. So, but, uh, oh well, go Trojans. Good luck to them. Oof, oof. hurts to, hurts to see it, but that'll finish up our uh, 
Yeah. We'll just we'll leave college uh, at that. Speaking of hurts, that Super Bowl (laughs) that hurt me to watch it was it was not. I I don't want to go out and say it was a totally unentertaining game because I I think back to a couple years ago that game where it was was the Seahawks Broncos where the Seahawks forty what was it forty three to eight completely dominated them yeah like that was that's the most boring Super Bowl I've watched yeah same for for me that I've watched I that was bad because it was a blowout and this one at least it was exciting yeah there was a defensive match there was a defensive battle in this one this it was no it was definitely frustrating um I you can at least say that the defensive matchup was fun. Which yeah. is not what I was expecting going into this game. I didn't think it was gonna. I didn't think the defenses were gonna be so dominant. And like this, yeah. game, I thought for sure we were gonna see at least twenty four points on each side. Yeah, I would have thought that. Because for all the talent that's on the Rams' defense, it's never stuck out really. You know. Yeah. They've been they've been solid, but yeah, and they've they, had a lot of injuries and they haven't yeah. meshed together. So as I well. thought I didn't think like I didn't think the defense. Obviously, Aaron Donald was gonna step up in that. Well, yeah front four was going to step up mm-hmm. but I just was surprised to see the game as low scoring as it was yeah and oh, oh McVeigh offensive genius um I don't want to rip him too hard here but <laughs> really three points it does look bad three points is all you can muster now I get it the players have to go out and execute um I think your big problem I I'm gonna say they mishandled Todd Gurley's situation yeah, I still, I still think Gurley is probably more injured than they're. Yeah, that's on. what I mean. I'm kind of waiting for at some point in this off season where it's finally gonna break. You know, one of those big NFL reporters is gonna break. Oh yeah, Todd Gurley's going in for some sort of major knee surgery. Yeah, one of those arthroscopics or yeah, whatever. Yeah, one they, of those micro fractures. Something, yeah. something along those lines. I. But, I think few, they should have the shut few him times down. He did carry. He did. He ran the ball great. Every time he come, he'd be a ten yard gain. I'd be like, "Yo, put him in more," he, he and they take like him off three again. Carries in the first half. He he's just, he's injured. No, he's yeah. It's way worse than they were selling, and you know, oh well, sorry. Yeah, he's kind of the focal point of the offense. It runs yeah. through the it runs through that scheme. You know, the eleven mm-hmm. man personnel or whatever. Yeah. So when Gurley's not going, the offense isn't going, and we saw a lot about Goff. I, I liked what you were telling me during the Super Bowl about the dummy defenses that you thought the Patriots were throwing at him up yeah, until well, the 15-second mark. Well, and I mean, then, yeah, because everybody knows because it's been well documented that uh, McVay calls plays and calls audibles of the line through the headset, but the headsets in the NFL head uh, helmets they cut off at, at exactly. 15 seconds left on the play clock, and I think it wasn't the smartest thing of of the Rams to sit there. And let the play clock get, get down to 15 seconds. I snap it beforehand because yeah. yeah, I think the Patriots were just kind of lining up and like, oh, 15 seconds are up. Oh, now we can get in our real defense. Right, like you, the you pointed that out to me that that was what you were suspecting, and I kind of was watching from that point of view mm-hmm. the rest of the game. And when the Rams are going to run the play clock down to three seconds before they snap it, you're giving 12 seconds for that defense to get to now adjust to what they actually want to show you. Yeah. Come on, if, you're, if your whole offense and the whole thing is based on McVay reading and relaying that to Goff up until 15 seconds, you snap mm-hmm. at 15 seconds. Yeah. Especially when they do their hurry-up that they occasionally run, too. Yeah. Like, why are you—you don't need—you can't run the play clock then. You're giving the defense too much time to fool with you. And yeah. we saw it. I mean— that they couldn't scheme anyone open. I mean, there were plays that well, Goff left out there, but at the same time, I mean— I think, I think there were— I, 
I think there were definitely plays to be had. Mm-hmm. I think Goff, to me, I know you're hard on McVay in this one. I put more blame on Goff. I think yeah. Goff has, because I get the offensive slowed down. Honestly, I think that's more to do with Goff than I think it is with McVay. Mm-hmm. I mean, McVay needs to step it up and figure out how to get Goff yeah. going. So that is on a McVay. But I think, honestly, Goff has not played well. I don't know what it is. It almost like he's not going through all his reads. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's guys wide open in the middle of f- yeah. 15 yards down. Like, you can't miss a dude wide open. Like, no, I know. As and an NFL quarterback, you can't do that. That That's part of my point is I think that there is too much of a dependency on McVay. Yeah, that, and, that could definitely and be that's, a factor. And that's, that's where I'm not, like, criticizing McVay for being as smart and controlling as he is with the offense. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you need to – prep your franchise quarterback to be more prepared when you can no longer relay information to him because if he's he's got to find the guys that are open and that that's all on him McVay can't say oh Brandon Cook's down the sideline you know he can't that's on that's on Goff and I feel like there's too much of a dependency on McVay's like analysis at the line of scrimmage and breakdown and that's something that that does fall on the head coach because he is responsible for game planning and getting his team ready to perform that's true so it's a it's a give and take kind of there yeah I I would say the blame is honestly about 50 50 really but I mean, you saw a lot about I, what I think is Goff's dependency on mm-hmm. McVay in this Super yeah, Bowl. I think Goff needs to grow a lot in this offseason. I think Goff needs to improve. I think it's on Goff to get better at being able to do the pre-snap stuff on his own. And I think also it's on Goff to he needs to get through his reads better. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that has been a that was a, that was the biggest knock on him. That was why people called him a bust. Yeah, his first year was oh he's not doing any reads, and that's yeah. kind of what McVay was just like. Oh, you're not doing reads. Well, here, I'll make it so you only have to do two because I'll tell you the hot reads. Yeah. And then, so he only has two reads. He has, you know, he has like Woods or somebody he's locked into, and then he has like Gurley as his yeah. as his next read. And so I think I, he needs to get better at going through his yeah. reads and stuff. He was definitely shell-shocked in that game. Oh, yeah. You can tell from the times he had to roll out, and he, he was under mm-hmm. pressure a lot too, but... You know when that's yeah, where you I mean, find out what your quarterback he, is made of. You yeah, know? I mean that that play where he just kind of like fell to his knees. Yeah, and you're like it, me and you were we're both yelling, throw the ball away. Yeah, throw the ball that's away. That's what I mean. Throw like, it out of bounds. Like what are you? Yeah, it was just I don't know. He I don't want to say reverted, but wow, he looked different. Yeah. He looked like rookie year golf at times there. He did. He just looked un, He looked unprepared and yeah. like he wasn't well, ready for anything to be thrown I his w- way. I wonder if some of it might be the fact that, you know, he's playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, that's yeah, a, obviously ner- huge game. nerves are a, a factor. Kid, so nerves are a factor be, for sure. He yeah. just – he looked uncharacteristic of himself the last two years in mm-hmm. this game. But another thing I wanted to talk about from the Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl awards, really – so oh, yes. Julian Edelman takes home MVP. I don't disagree with that. I do. Really? I do. I disagree with Julian Edelman being the the MVP. I think it should have gone to Gilmore. Oh, fair. He made the interception that saved the game. Also, he was one of the major reasons why. Because yeah. often, if you look at the game, like they were taking away Goff's main receiver. Who was doing that? It was Gilmore. Yeah. He, w- he was the one on the main receiver. He was the one shutting him down. He was the one that made Goff go, oh, I don't know where to throw it. And then, like, eventually the Patriots pass rush could get there. Yeah. I think he had a huge impact on the game. I think he made the biggest play of the game, making that, that interception. That interception. Yeah, definitely. Because if he didn't I make agree. that interception, the Rams could very well have scored, and the Rams might have won the game. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying 
Edelman had a bad game by any stretch of the means. I'm just saying the MVP, the most valuable player, the person who made the biggest impact in that game, I honestly think is Gilmore. Yeah, I I do agree that it's hard to find a, an offensive player to give it to, but in a league that's focused on offense, if they were looking to give it to an offensive player, I would agree with Edelman. 10 yeah. receptions, 141 yards. In a, in a third, what was the score? 13-3? Final yeah. score? Yeah. yeah. In, in a 13-3 game, you it's know, he, he had the it's best just, stat line offensively. Um, but in a defensive game. Yeah, no, no. I I, I think, don't disagree I think, with Gilmore. I That slipped my mind. Yeah. I, I do think that's a fair point, and I'm not knocking Edelman for being given the award. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah. he doesn't choose to give it to himself. Yeah. But what I do want to point out, which you and I kind of blew up a little bit about this, you more so than I did, how about the uh, Julian Edelman future Hall of Famer comment? Was that, that is, Nate? Was that Nate Burleson? I, be, I believe so. Nate Burleson, yeah, um, I believe he said then, it. And that's been like a talking on like everything you go on right now. It's oh, is is Julian? Is is he? Oh, he, you know what? Maybe he's got a lot of postseason receptions. He should be a Hall of Famer. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. There with is you. no way. For for me, my personal thing, for you to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You have to either have had an insanely long career mm-hmm. where you have proven time and time again that you were one of the top NFL receivers. And I'm talking like, you better put up 16,000 yards, 15,000 yards. You want to be one of those, like, yeah. there's only three, three, four receivers. Three of them are receivers. One of them is Tony Gonzalez, tight end. Only four guys have over 15,000 yards. If you're over 15,000 yards, I think you should be it. Yeah. Which, uh... Isaac Bruce, he's he played for the Rams for many years. Yeah, uh, he was the second ever person to get fifteen thousand yards. Dude's been out of the NFL since two thousand nine. He's still not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Yet you're gonna say Edelman, who has barely five thousand receiving yards in his career, is a Hall of Famer. And there, with PEDs. Yeah, he's been. <laughs> he was suspended for PEDs. He was suspended for cheating. Please, but he's tell, a Patriot. Is tell that a surprise? What, I mean, it's not at all. <laughs> Sorry, but, I didn't mean to interrupt. I mean, come on. One, yeah, he's been suspended for cheating. Two, he's oftentimes not been the leading receiver on his own team. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been the number one option. Like, even this year, when him 100% healthy, when Josh Gordon was there, don't kid yourself, he was the number two guy on the team. Yeah. He's not even the best guy on his own team. No, I know. I understand that, yes, he's made a lot of plays in the postseason because he's been there. And, yes, he has rings because he has been with New England, mm-hmm. but he's also been with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if you go and you look at another Hall of Fame quarterback who's had a lot of different receivers, look at Aaron Rodgers. Look at half the guys who Aaron Rodgers has played with in the past couple of years who've played less years, like Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings, all, all these guys. They all have better stats than Edelman, they have, and they have at least one ring with, uh, with him. Why are they not Hall of Famers? Oh, yeah. Because they're not that great. Yeah. Just like Edelman, I'll give him credit. He's he plays his role. He's reliable. He knows his role. He is. He's not even. He's the West Welker role. The yeah. thing that gets me is he doesn't even play that role as well as West Welker did. Yeah. He's West Welker light. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I'll give him credit. The dude has made some incredible catches in the postseason, and he's been instrumental in some Super Bowl wins. Yeah. And you know, he, if you were like the Patriots and you wanted to make him, you know, one of your Ring of Honor type things, yeah. Or you want to retire? I'm totally fine with that. But I'm sorry, he is not a Hall of Famer. He has not consistently put up the stats, or he hasn't even been 
one of the top five receivers in football that I can remember. Like, he's not in the discussion. No, I know. And I'm sorry, but if you're not in the discussion for one of the top receivers in football, how are you a Hall of Famer? Yeah. I think with Edelman, there's this huge uh, – they're mixing up reliability and elite. You can be yeah. reliable, and but you're not – that doesn't make you elite. Just because yeah. – well, And even reliability, he's only had 2,000-yard receiving years. He yeah. hasn't even been reliable. Well, he I mean, like just being in the. I mean, just like open at the right times, like in this Super Bowl. That's he was true. he was he was the go to guy in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, that's 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 true. That doesn't make you Hall of Fame worthy to be yeah. that guy. Like, yeah, you're you're a good player and everything, but to be for me for wide receivers in pretty much most positions to be considered for the Hall of Fame, you have to have at least one or two seasons where you were undoubtedly the best receiver in the league yeah, that I, year. Yeah, I agree. Like, I've never yeah. once thought, all right, I have to build a wide receiver core. Who's my first pick? I have not once in my life thought Edelman. I would argue most people don't. I don't unless you're a Patriots homer, there's <laughs> yeah, no way. There's no way. Like it's not even it's not even close. Like he's not even up there. And like if you go and you ask people, oh, who are the top five receivers in the NFL this year? He's never once, as long as he's been there, been even in the discussion. No, I mean, may, the, like even from the Patriots, like excluding Rennie Moss, obviously. But like if you look back, like even like Wes Welker, Wes Welker was maybe fringe one or two of the years. He was yeah. like one of the fringe. Like maybe you'd take him as your fifth best receiver because mm-hmm. you know he was that short slot guy. But yeah. I'm sorry, Edelman just has not even put up even a year that's been like, oh wow, he had he led the league in touchdowns, or oh he led the league in receptions, or he right. led the he hasn't even been top five in most of those stats for yeah. most of the years he's played, and so I'm sorry he hasn't been consistently good enough. And like yeah, yeah he's had some good games in the postseason, but what I don't even remember what's the name of the dude who uh, for the the Giants. Who in 2007 he had the helmet catch, so he ruined he ruined the Patriots' oh, chances. Oh, jeez, is that uh, David Tyree? I, yeah, I think yeah. David Tyree, yeah. I See, think. I barely remember his name, and he's not even in the I'm NFL, right? right? Yeah, now. look that up right now. But yeah, like, that's him, he's David Tyree. Even, he's oh, not even in the serves. NFL right now. I know. Yet, guess what? He had an amazing Super Bowl. One of the most he had one of the most iconic catches. Won me a lot of money with that play, by the way. Thank you, David Tyree. <laughs> by a lot of money, I mean like the twenty bucks. That's a lot to uh, what year was that? Fifth grade to a fifth grader. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but that, that's my point. Is like Edelman's kind of almost like that. Like, yeah, you can have a great Super Bowl and you can have a great, you know, a great postseason. Yeah, and I'll give him like he's been good in the postseason. But everybody likes to throw out his postseason stats, and I'm sorry. Part of that is the fact that he plays in a lot of postseason games because he's on the Patriots. Yeah. I, I don't want this to get into a ripping Julian Edelman thing. You know, congratulations on his no. career in the Super Bowl and everything. He's I just definitely not a Hall I, of I think I think he's a fine a fine receiver. I just yeah. I don't put him in the Hall of Fame discussion. No, just because you need you need to do to more. That. That's just mm-hmm. that's where I stand. But you know what? I'm not going to knock his career or anything. I will knock him forever for the PEDs. But yeah, as as he mo- should be. Yeah, but. You know, still fine career he's put together. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just disagree with the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer comments. Yeah, same. I don't, I just don't think he's there. Yeah. And I don't know if he'll get there, but no, I mean, I'm not on the committee. He's, so he's hey. 33 right now. Yeah. So, like, and for a receiver that's getting up there, his in shelf age, life is up there now. Like, 
and especially he's already not a uber athletic guy even <laughs> and a receiver is one of those unless you're Jerry Rice or Larry Fitzgerald you don't make it 15 years like that's yeah. not a thing receivers are generally done by 35 yeah so um yeah yeah, I wanted to quickly t- – we got finally off-season now, mm-hmm. which is always an exciting time of year for multiple reasons. I want to talk quickly potential trades you see happening this off-season. I know you're a 49ers fan, and I know you've, see- you've seen from Bleacher Report the uh, – Antonio Brown to the 49ers. Yep. That's yep. apparently I've, that's catching I've, some steam. I followed all the Twitter drama. All that's the, catching steam. All the you know everybody tweeting at everybody about being a uh, a 49er and Jerry Rice coming out and saying, "Oh, Antonio Brown wants to be a 49er." And uh, look, I would absolutely love, I would love it if Antonio Brown became a 49er. Yeah. I mean, I do think he do you. There would need to be the law laid down of, hey, you show up to practice and you don't just leave and not tell us where you're going. Because yeah. I, I do knock him for that. That wasn't that wasn't professional. Um, but I think there's a lot of crap going on in, in Pittsburgh, and I think it sucks. And I don't blame uh, I don't blame the coach. I think it's he doesn't sign the players. He's stuck with the players yeah. he's got. He's got to manage them. There's something and going on. So in that far, he's room. managed them well enough that yeah. you know this hasn't. But. Uh, I would love for Antonio Brown to become a 49er. I, I don't know if it'll happen just because I don't know if the the uh, Steelers will actually make the trade. I don't mm. know if they'll actually part ways with them. Um, I'm definitely watching out. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm also curious to see how mu- what the market is because, I mean, uh, the Cowboys kind of set the market with the Amari Cooper trade. Yeah. So I'm like, if Amari Cooper gets a first, if I would, if I were the Steelers, I'd be like, I want two firsts for yeah. Antonio Brown. Granted, Although, Antonio Brown's market might be diminished yeah. by the fact of all this drama that's occurred. Right. I was about to say, isn't he under investigation for that domestic violence yeah, show I don't, or whatever? I don't know any of the details I haven't looked as into far that. as that. I I, well, I haven't, I haven't seen anything report other than just that he's investigated investigation for shoving the woman yeah again i don't know the situation no idea obviously if he did something yeah that is illegal or you know something that's obviously terrible yeah you should be suspended or you know legal action should be taken yeah 100 percent. but uh if that gets all sorted out i we don't need to dwell on that here i just there's factors that can diminish his trade value um yeah keeping with the with the steelers well not with the Steelers anymore, but I want to hear. This is going to be a random question for you here, Le'Veon Bell. What do you think? Ooh, that that's an interesting this just, one. This just entered my mind right now, so I kind of want well, to talk Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, I also saw a report that uh, Pittsburgh might pull. Uh, I want to talk about this after too. Uh, they might pull a f- what Philly's pulling on Foles. Because they uh, they still have the ability to put another transition tag on Le'Veon oh. Bell. Oh, they do. They do have they. The, what the tra- from my understanding, what the transition tag is, it's not a franchise tag. It's a transition tag. So basically, it's a X amount of money. I don't know how much. Uh, he gets paid uh, for the one year, or it it's almost like a restricted free agent in the NBA, where another team can come in and offer. Le'Veon Bell a contract mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh has the option to match it. Oh, that's what the that's what the Bears put on Fuller. 
Yeah. See, that's that's uh, that's. I forgot the name of it. It's the transition tech. Yeah, it's okay. The yeah. Transition that's tech. exactly that's how what, that works. Yeah. That's what. Uh, that's what. There's a. There's a. I don't know how credible the sources are, but there's sources saying that they're considering that. Which, like if I'm being honest, cut their losses. They should cut point. their losses. That's just bogus. <laughs> Uh, I am interested to see where he ends up. Because with the transition tag, if I'm not mistaken, he can still pick what team. Or yeah, he gets to like he he would get to negotiate with a team. Like mm-hmm. just for example, he can him and his agent. His agent can call up the Bears and they can go, "Hey Bears, you're gonna offer this contract." And the Bears will go, "Yeah, we'll give you this much money and here's the contract. Here's all the details and stuff." And then Pittsburgh he goes it. and signs it, and then Pittsburgh gets to go. Yeah, he can go, or Pittsburgh gets to go, oh, no, that's now our contract. Yeah. Oh, You're stuck yeah. with us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just so, wanted to clarify because— I think it would be incredibly stupid yeah. of uh, Pittsburgh to bring him back. I think, I think so there's too. too many things have been said in that locker room. I think there's too much drama. It's time to let him go. I, it's time to let him go. Where he ends up, I think, could be very, very interesting. There's a couple—because t- you have to look at—he wants a big deal, so you're going to need mm-hmm. cap space. Um Interesting play like Cleveland would be interesting. I don't think Cleveland's in the market for him though. They have uh, Nick Chubb, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have Nick Chubb. I don't think Cleveland's. The, I don't think Cleveland makes a play Cleveland, for him. Cleveland is just one of the teams that has the cap. They space. They have the cap space, and I think and he might want to go there because of uh, the factor if he get to play Pittsburgh twice a year. Yeah. That was that was my thought process behind that. The other play, obviously, Indianapolis has been linked because they have a bunch of cap space, and they. It's interesting though, because the way their 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 GM Chris Ballard is doing things, it almost seems like this year he figured out the running back position, mm-hmm. at least for how they want it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they want to keep their current stable of running backs, or if they want to go to a Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, the other team, the Jets, have also long been rumored, which yeah. I do think. Uh, Poor Donald needs some help. Like, yeah. get, get I, Donald some help there. I would think that would be a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. I uh, want to throw a team out there. What do you think about the Texans? That would be interesting. They have they have a lot of cap space. Watson's on his rookie deal. Yeah. The, well, the the only the only problem they do have a lot of cap space, but. Uh, they have multiple players that their contracts are up. That's part of the reason they have mm-hmm. cap space. Like Jadavion Clowney, yeah. who is an A-list pass rusher, that dude's about to get paid. Because if, if Texas doesn't pay him, I guarantee you somebody's going to pay him. Yeah, he'll, he'll like he's find even, his money he's somewhere. Been, he's been rumored for the, the Niners might make a play at him. Yeah, he'll um, make his money so somewhere. He's going to get paid a lot. And I know – this. so there's – and I the – uh, Tyron Matthew also is up to get paid. Um, so there's there's several different positions that they have, especially on defense and some on offense too, that that need to get paid. So once they pay all those guys, I don't know how much they're going to have left over if they're going to be able to pay. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. It uh it should be interesting though. They, you know, there's also um I think. Tampa has not an absorbent amount of cap space, but they have some. Yeah, um, that could be interesting. He'd be working with Bruce Arians. Uh, I could see that being interesting. It's hard to predict where running back it's, will go. It's hard it's to really, pick the it, fit. You know what I mean? And even once you pick fit, it's hard to tell. Like even because I think he would fit in brilliantly with the Colts, but again, the GM might just go. 
I can I'm fine find what we got. What, yeah, I can find talent that works fine for our system, and I don't exactly. have to pay him that much. That's, that's what's against running backs. And, is, and it sucks, and I don't blame Le'Veon for sitting out, and it would have been bogus for the— because you know the Steelers would have put so much wear and tear in his body and then thrown that in his face like, hey, you have this much wear and tear in your body. We're not going to pay you. Yeah. You know, that's definitely—I I hate that teams do that. I, I yeah. wish that running backs got paid more early just because of the fact that they take a least, beating and uh, they're— least their Least so security short. next to I would say kicker honestly it's true in the NFL because teams are so quick to move on from a running back first yeah. sign of age gone because guess what there's however yep. many coming out of the draft every year and you can find and someone yeah, like a fifth every, round like, yeah. hey this guy is going to be able to fill in in our system for two years until yeah. we draft the next guy in the fifth round and it's just good yeah and let's be honest how, every, that's how the position is regarded every a lot year, which sucks. Some, whether it's Alfred Morris whether it's you know the Bears drafting their running backs, whether it's you know, it literally you can go every year. There's a running back that breaks out who's yeah. like taking the fourth or fifth round. You know, the Philip Lindsay in uh, in Denver, he was what undrafted, like undrafted. Yeah, yeah, he was undrafted. Yet he ends up being their their starter, and he and played really draft, well. Then uh, they drafted Royce Freeman in the Royce Freeman out of the I think the fifth round. I believe he was the fifth round. round? Yeah. Yeah, they drafted so, someone else that was supposed to be their guy. Yeah, and uh, my, my boy out of Oregon, but he got uh, he got beat out. But yeah, so that's that's interesting. So the other the other trade possibility I want to talk round about round three for Royce Freeman. Sorry, round three. Just wanted oh. to throw that in there real quick. Thought there I'd look go. it up real fast. Yeah. Um, no, the other one I want to talk about is, is Nick Foles. Yeah. What that's... is what does Philly do? Because Nick Foles at this point has officially opted out of his yeah. contract. There's a lot of talk that Philly's going to franchise him because Philly wants to franchise him and trade him. No, no. Um, See, the quarterback franchise tag is way too high. Yeah. Because you, if they franchise tag him, what? He's going to average at the top five. I believe it's 28 million. Yeah, he's flirting with 30 million. Yeah, it's very close to 30 million. Yeah. And um, and you want to trade that. And that's a one-year deal, essentially, that you're trying to trade. Yep. Not only that, but it's a huge cap hit, and that's going to take a ton of teams out of the market. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of teams out. So, Especially the teams that are going to want it, because Nick Foles is 30. Yeah. So if, if you're a team and you want Nick Foles, all the teams that want Nick Foles, their teams, like Denver, like uh, the Jaguars, their teams – that are set up for the playoffs already. Like they have a good team around them. They just they've struggled they're, to find the quarterback the position. QB position away. And the the problem is a lot of those teams don't have crazy amounts of cap space. Right. Also, if you're gonna you know get Foles, why why would you give up a ton of stuff for him? Right. And especially when it's a diminished market like that. You know, there's only gonna be three or four teams in the market for right. Foles. Granted, the one thing I will defend Philly on, you absolutely do not want him going to uh, either Washington or New York. Yeah. I don't think New York is that likely because I think New York still has this weird love affair with uh, Eli. Eli Manning. No, the, and, New York, and until, until like, Eli, Eli Manning dust, dies, like, yeah. they're, they're sticking with him. They're going to bury him at center um, field. Yeah, pretty much. He's, he's going to pass away on the or field. Or midfield. Yeah. Center field. This isn't baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to yeah. bury him at midfield. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I, but I definitely think. Uh, that Washington would be in the market for yeah. a Nick Foles if he were to hit the market. Um, and I know that Philly wouldn't even entertain offers from 
inside uh, the, the Redskins, right. unless it were like ridiculously you can't turn down. <laughs> like, it would have to like be something three firsts you can't refuse. Something yeah. you know, if they offered like the Khalil <laughs> Mack deal, like that's yeah. the only way I think you take that. Yeah, I once again I would cut my losses with Nick Foles. I mean. You're going to strong arm yourself into getting less former stuck with his cap hit. Yeah, which the Eagles can't really take his cap right. hit. Right. That's that's like, what I'm saying. Cuz like, they're already up against the cap. And teams are going to know that. So yeah. you're you're losing Again, your own trading yeah, power there. You they're you're hindering yourself. Like yeah, there the comes Eagles, a point where you just kind of have to accept yeah. that you're getting nothing. Yeah, they're not they're not in a position to bargain. Like they're in a very no. bad position. No, just let them like, go. Even if they they franchise them and stuff, you know they're going to get so... Granted, they're probably going to get criticized if they let them walk, but they're definitely going to get criticized for, you only got like a second and third round pick for Nick Foles? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, there's no market for him as far as... And he's a career backup for the most yeah. part. I mean, let's be honest, Nick Foles hasn't been... He didn't last in a... With the Rams. Yeah. Granted, he did have the very good year with uh, with Chip Kelly and the Eagles yeah. where he had the 27-2 yeah, touchdown interceptions. Nick Foles is a quarterback. You kind of know what you're getting with him, and teams are going to swing that to their advantage. You know what yeah. I mean? He's 30 years old. There's a reason he hasn't been yeah. that hot of a commodity Yeah, granted, I definitely think so long. Honestly, I kind of want to see my, my rooting interest – I, I don't know if he'll actually end up, but I'm kind of hoping he ends up in Jacksonville. That'd be nice. Because I could see him in Jacksonville, especially they got some pieces. That, they got some decent wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They're definitely a step down after they let some guys walk, but they do have good wide receivers. Um, and then they have Fournette. If yeah. Fournette has the atti- doesn't have the attitude issues and he's he's good to go, and I think he, he will be if, if you know, he has a quarterback who can actually yeah. throw the ball. I think Nick Foles there would be very interesting, and I think that would be fun. I honestly, I think if the offense started playing better, I could definitely see the Jaguars and the Jaguars and Nick Foles being being back in it in the playoffs next yeah. year. They were that offense that the Jaguars couldn't make it because of the offense. Yeah, it and was like, a, you're you're yeah. putting an impossible task on that defense all season, and that, and that comes down to it, my pride so, and joy, not yeah. really pride and joy, but someone I'm a dumb fan of, Blake Bortles. Lead an offense, bro. Sorry, you're probably losing your job now. He should. I'm sorry, but no, I was, agree. That it's, was bad. That I, was. I thought he bought himself more time with how he performed two seasons ago when they made it to the AFC Championship. I was like, oh man, Bortles might actually be serviceable now. Yeah, that, I was wrong. Yeah. Basically, just Eagles let Foles walk. The smart yeah. thing to do would be to let him walk because you're gonna you sign you franchise tag him, and now you have a what at most three team market for him. Yeah, it it diminishes the market. Way the market's too, much. too small, causes... and you're risking keeping twenty eight million on your cap hit yeah. for a season for a backup. Yeah, he, no, just no. Yeah, that just... doesn't make sense to me. I, yeah, I would. If I were the Eagles, I would. I would give Nick Foles a big thank you and yeah. let him go. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna milk. You're gonna try and milk too much out of him, and mm-hmm. you're gonna only hurt yourself. Yeah. Let him walk, and just be done with it. Except yeah. the fact that he's probably gonna yeah. walk. Just be the classy franchise in this situation. Yeah. Don't. Don't try and pull some crazy trade out of your butt. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. Now. Uh, 
I want to talk about uh, your favorite your favorite thing to talk about. My I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. The Heartbreakers. Yep. Dream Takers. Yep. <laughs> we uh we won't mention a certain kicker on this podcast. Um cool. mm. <laughs> Yeah. There's some there's some rough feelings. I feel bad for him. I really do. I feel bad for Cody Parkey. It, it but was tip. Get out it of Chicago. Tip. Yeah, okay. Hardly. <laughs> hardly. A dude's like fingernail caught the ball. I'm not I'm not Given him that. All right. I do feel bad for Parky. I really do. Because yeah, well, I the, desperately wanted him to make the kick. I Yeah. It's it is what it is. I mean, he let, hit let's be six honest. posts. Are you no, kidding no, me? No one wanted to make that kick more than he did. Yeah. It but, is what it is. Yeah. But granted, your uh your boy Ryan Pace did uh did make a blunder there in that contract he gave him. Yeah, uh, that's gonna bite us that's, in the butt. That's not a good contract yeah. to cut. That's it's problematic. Yeah, no, he You might be stuck with him for another year or two. They're bringing in contract. competition at least, hopefully hoping to yeah, get the best light out a, of him. Light a but fire under him. We don't need to talk about Cody Parkey. We'll, that's we'll move uh, on. that's behind that's weeks behind <laughs> us now. I wanna talk about a guy on that offensive line that I have advocated for all season. Uh, Bobby Massey. Mm-hmm. He got a lot. He got ripped a lot last year because he didn't play very well. But this no. year he had, he had a good. He had a he had a good season. You know, he wasn't a liability. He could do better in run blocking, but that mm-hmm. whole offensive line honestly could. Um, looking at his contract, he got a five year extension, forty million. It essentially works as a two year deal because only fifteen point eight, basically sixteen million, is guaranteed. Okay, which at an eight million dollar cap hit. That's two years, yeah. and if he's bad after two years, he's off the books. He's 29, yeah. though, so he's he's still, he's still got, got, he's got years in him. Then only $8 million for a good offensive lineman. That's, yeah, a, that's he was, a good number. That's a comfortable number. The offensive line, all the talk with the Bears was they were going to find his replacement. I thought it made more sense to sign him, mm-hmm. so I do agree. I do like that decision. Ryan Pace, kudos to you. I think that Massey was severely undervalued or underappreciated on that offensive line this year because mm-hmm. at the end of the day everyone looks for that scapegoat and yeah. I feel like Bobby Massey because the Bears were a disaster uh, two years, it feels weird saying two years ago but two seasons ago yeah. uh, Mitch's rookie year he was kind mm-hmm. of a liability at times so he was obviously going to be the scapegoat going into this season but I thought he had a good year. I thought he played and earned himself this contract. Made complete sense to me because mm-hmm. they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. I don't want to gamble. I don't want to lose a good, serviceable offensive lineman yeah, for a might, hopeful yeah, third-round pick back, in the yeah. draft. That's just something that I don't think is worth doing. Yeah, no. So it made more sense, especially he's 29 years old. So he's still got, in my opinion – three good if he keeps this up three good years before age actually hits him Mm -hmm. and even then you never know how a player is going to age yeah and so he can he can honestly get through those five years and still be a good yeah, and a good l- offensive linemen, linemen are ones that do last longer. Yeah, you know, it's it's Look generally the running Whitworth backs and in, stuff. Uh, that, or, yeah, mm-hmm. in yeah, LA, old, old man being the he being the star years of that old line. or something. Yeah. He's old. Yeah, he's all white hair. Yeah, so I I like the decision. That is a signing I liked. I think it's underrated, and yep. a lot of people are just hung up on Bobby Massey from two years ago mm-hmm. and don't want to except the fact that, hey, he was actually one of the better offensive linemen. That whole offensive line was good in pass protection. Yeah. So he was a good offensive lineman, could work on run blocking, mm-hmm. but that's a knock against that entire offensive line. They couldn't get anything going. That's that's true. Um, Although, so uh, the next the next important Bears signing I want to talk about, uh, 
unfortunately, your boy Vic Fangio, he left. Congrats, Vic. He left. He well deserved on that job. Yeah. Uh, you guys broke my go heart, out, but <laughs> you know, you go out and you get uh, you get Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Chuck Pagano, the Ravens, uh, Ravens DC in the past to come out and run that defense. What are, what are you what are your thoughts on that? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know Chuck Pagano was in the – until the day they signed him, I didn't know Chuck Pagano was even one of the guys they were considering. I saw they were – I saw the interview, and I'm like, huh, I didn't even think about that. And then I think the next day they signed him. Yeah, that was a I wanted Steve Wilkes. However, I am not complaining with Chuck Pagano because I think they're keeping this dynamic of young, inexperienced head coach, with the, with seasoned, seasoned assistant. Yeah. To kind of help him. And Chuck Pagano he has, head coaching, has head coaching experience, and they loved him when yeah. he was with the Colts. That oh, I mean, yeah. they absolutely loved Chuck Pagano there. Mm-hmm. Those players would ride or die for him. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, he's a player's coach. Mm-hmm. He was the defensive coordinator in Baltimore in their 2012 Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. I think they were third overall defense in the league. Yeah, then they had a bunch of old guys on that defense. Yeah, I'm excited I'm excited for Chuck Pagano because my one gripe against Vic Fangio is I didn't think he brought enough pressure at times. Uh, Chuck likes to bring pressure. Yeah, they're going to blitz more with, with Chuck, which yeah. I, I want to... I, I'm not saying blitz a ton, but I want to see yeah. more because the mm-hmm. Bears were... Like third yeah. fewest blitz percentage or third lowest blitz yeah. percentage in the NFL, mm-hmm. so I want to see yeah. more blitzes because they have so many, so much talent in that front seven. Yeah, like mm-hmm. oh, I want to, I want to see it all come to fruition there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to use the uh, Bryce Callahan in the blitz though, which bro- that was something that Vic Fangio was brilliant. Yeah, he with. brought he brought the corner blitz out of the, the slot. Blitz. Yeah. That was something I I really liked that because you and I it worked like all the time. Yeah, it did. It, for, it either forced a pass or got a sack. I mean, it, it was, was something yeah. that worked a lot. I hope he kind of keeps that in the back of his mind when he's going with uh, what he whatever however he's going to game yeah. plan and call the games as the defensive yeah. coordinator. But I'm excited for it. He's been around the league. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's got a ton of talent on that yeah. offense I mean, or defense. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I mean, it really is as the defensive coordinator in uh, for the Chicago Bears right now. I don't know if there's a cushier job in the NFL. Exactly. Like, seriously, My, like you have so much talent on that yeah. on that defense that like you don't even have to be a good defensive coordinator and you're gonna have a good defense. Yeah. And I, mean, I think the fact he has proven in the past to be a good defensive coordinator. So I think yeah. I think I don't think that defense will will miss a beat. Then they're even they're keeping a lot of the language and stuff too. So mm-hmm. it's not as hard on the players. Right. I uh, I honestly think it'll be I think it'll be fine I think it I think it'll kind of plateau it'll be about the same as it was last year and then I yeah. think you could see a spike in we'll see in I think it's gonna come next couple I think years blitz percentage is what's gonna yeah really change that's what's gonna make the biggest difference is how often they blitz mm-hmm. um, but I do like. I really do like that signing. My big thing was you didn't need to go and get the best guy. You needed to get the right guy. Yeah. You didn't want to go and get – like if the best guy runs a different scheme, yeah, don't get true. him. You're not re-scheming not, that yeah. defense. It's built for it's built for the 3-4 defense. Definitely. Keep it that way. My The big things I'm watching right now with the Bears, though, for their defense is I want to see Adrian Amos re-sign. I want him mm-hmm. extended. And Bryce Callahan, I know he's had injury problems and hasn't had a full season, but 
He's a very good slot corner. Yeah. I want to see those two come back. Those are really the last two yeah. things that need to happen for the Bears in terms of contract situation. I'm pretty sure it was Massey, Callahan, and Amos were the three that I wanted to see come back. Got Massey. I know that yeah. I feel like Amos is for sure going to come back. Callahan's a little bit of a wild card because of injuries. Yeah, well, there's also rumors that the uh, you know some teams with dumb amount of money. Oh like, yeah, oh. Uh, the 49ers are rumored to uh, be interested. Call- Callahan's a, he's a good he's yeah. a very good corner. I like Callahan mm-hmm. a lot. I just I hope that he can return. If they can bring back the whole defensive unit, that would that would be great. I think they're fine. Although Sherrick McManus did do well filling in when Callahan was injured, but I don't want to say McManus is a long-term option. Yeah. He's a gunner. Mm-hmm. He's a special teams guy. Good one at that. Great team player. I, I love his. Yeah. Uh, I love him being on the team. I have a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll end Bears talk there. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, good old draft it is, season. It is the draft season. Yep. So uh, let's be honest. All anybody really cares about in the draft is quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks. And I want to get my opinion out there right yep. now. Let's go. I don't think there's a single quarterback that is worth the first round pick this year. I agree. Because I also don't think uh, Herbert's coming out of uh, Oregon. No, it's it's too late to come out. Like, every, oh yeah, every, wait yeah, a second. Yeah, everybody, everybody That's right. who's in they it, had yeah. no declared already. Yeah, yeah. That's you right. De- I yeah. told, wow. And yeah, no, he did not declare. He made me very, very happy. That's right. It was a very happy day for Duh. me. Sorry. Yeah. My mental timeline yeah. is all off. Yeah. No, Herbert. Herbert's staying back and call it. Granted. Also, let's just be honest. Next year's draft class for quarterbacks. Why wouldn't you? Is just insane. Wait for you have Herbert. You have uh, Fromm from Georgia. You have to, uh, Easton, who is also a top quarterback, who's going to be at Washington next year. You have Tua. You have Hurts. You have. There's so many guys you next year. You just say Hurts. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, let's let's be honest. Uh, Mayfield was the number one overall pick. There's a ridiculous amount of hype around uh, the current. Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. Um, Kyler he's Murray. Kyler Murray. And now there's, you know, he's going to be another NFL. I'm not I'm not at all saying that he's going <laughs> to no, be a great I know. NFL. I just, Granted, I, had to put I you will on the spot say, there. I will say, Hurts, I'm not going to say he's worse than these quarterbacks, if yeah, I'm being no, honest. I, I think he's on the same level on. as these guys. No disrespect so. to these guys, but when we're talking top QBs, Will Greer no. from West Virginia? No. The only quarterback I can remember from West Virginia is uh, Geno Smith. And that did not turn out and well. And where's Geno Smith? Is he still a backup in New York for Eli? Is he like their third no. stringer? Is he not even playing I on a team anymore? I think he's somewhere else. He might be in New I don't Either actually way, know where he is. But yeah. more to our, That's more to our yeah. point. Where is Geno Smith? And I, that's not like saying, okay, where you come, the school you come from mm-hmm. is going to dictate how you are as a quarterback. But yeah. Will Greer from West Virginia – no, I don't I mean, think you spend a first round pick on these guys. The 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 only here's here's my argument for what this draft class is. I think this draft class is only for teams who have an older uh, veteran to draft to sit under them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're a uh, if you you're steal- these guys, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like basically. if you're the Steelers and you have Big Ben. You take one of these guys in the second or third, fourth round. You take one of these guys to try and build them up as a backup. If you're, yeah. you know, San Diego or sorry, L.A. Chargers now. If you're, the, <laughs> it's should, sorry, it's just it's in my head of San Diego. Should have never changed. Should never changed. But you know, 
if you're, you know, Philip Rivers is getting up there in age, you know, you start, you start, you start yeah. grooming, you know, Brady, you start grooming, you know, you get your, the second coming of Garoppolo. The Giants, know. even though they have yeah, Loletta, the, but. The Giants should, but they won't. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that's their plan with Loletta. He's just kind but, of there. Yeah, there. no, I would, that that's how I would view this draft class is I would, I would draft a quarterback and I would sit them behind my starter and I would try to groom them to be the future yeah. if they can. And, because honestly, there's not a lot of teams that are in the market for a quarterback anyway. Yeah. There's only a handful. And if I'm being honest, if I was in charge of an NFL team, uh, I'd be tanking right now. <laughs> and I'd be, give me a top five pick. Give me a top five pick. Yeah. Give me a top five pick. Because honestly, with a, a lot, lot of them, from. I, you know, I would definitely, if I was a team and I got a top five pick, if I got from Tua Herbert... Any one of those three, I'm beyond happy yeah. with. You're I'd fine even, with you. You'd settle for one of them, yeah. but you're fine. It's not like you're yeah. upset settling. I mean, I just yeah. And there's I, even there's yeah, the forgotten class. Easton was a top quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's for Washington now. He's finally going to be starting for Washington because he got beat out by Fromm because of mm. injury. That's um, right. But he, he originally right. had beat out Fromm for the job. It's just injury happened, and then, and then Fromm kind of took over. I think Easton's one to watch out for. Easton could definitely be a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd want to see him before the season starts. But right. by the end, I definitely think he could be in that conversation. But, yeah. no, the quarterbacks this year, like what, Stidham, any of those guys, you know, the Missouri kid, I'm sorry, none of them are worth a first-round pick. All of them I see as you draft – to be a backup, and then maybe you groom them to yeah. to be a future quarterback. I don't you. see first round value on them, and they can prove us wrong. But that's yeah. that's my analysis. That's where I see it. Uh-huh. That's just how I feel about these quarterbacks. I don't think yep. there, I don't think there's anything significant. Definitely. Although let's uh, let's leave the NFL. Yeah, NFL let's cut off football over. now. Football is over. We need to talk some NBA. I know NBA yeah. isn't necessarily your your forte. Yeah, I'm but, not a uh, fan of the NBA. I have some, but I mean, there, there are some absolute madness going on right oh, now yes. in the NBA. Yes, there is. It is madness. You had Anthony Davis requesting the trade. Yeah, and then and they, all sorts of craziness. Yeah, the Lakers basically offered LeBron and like LeBron's entire family tree, <laughs> pretty much and, all the sons. and then some. And like, yeah. Here you go, these are all yours. Just come on. Yeah, Give literally us. everybody. Yeah, they're like, we only need AD and LeBron. That's all we need. <laughs> we'll play two v five. Yeah, probably still would do better than some teams. Just kidding, they lost by forty two. No, they still be do better than the ago. Suns. Well, okay, yeah, but do the Suns even count? Really? No, they're basically G League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Suns, did you see what LeVar Ball said on Undisputed? I, I try not to pay attention to LeVar Ball. I, I try not I, to, but I, I just I caught do, this. I do know that he, he wanted... If uh, Lonzo, Lonzo is going to get traded, he, yeah, he's he gonna, was angling for Lonzo to He go to said the he Suns, will speak that. it into existence. Really? You want your son to go to the Suns, to Phoenix? Get the... LeVar, what are you on? I mean, it's LeVar. It could be a lot of things. I just wanted to touch on that real quick because I just... I saw that. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This Yeah, no, that was definitely dumb. No, but... This guy's a trip, I swear. But this is... You know, AD requesting the trade. He's still under contract for next year. Right. Uh, Next year is, is his last year, so... I mean, the Pelicans weren't up against... They didn't trade him. They're not up against the gun. They don't have to trade him yet. Um, 
I would trade him the offseason, though. I don't think – I think you're almost in the Kawhi Leonard situation where – I don't think he's moving. It. I think you have to. Not today. Not at the deadline, I mean. No, a deadline passed. Deadline ended today. What time? What? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So what, what de- time? What time did the deadline end today? I knew uh, it was. I knew it was today. I, I didn't know what the timing was. I remember was. off the top of my head when I believe it should be over, but yeah. So he's no. He's not moving. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the summer, he's gonna. The Pelicans are gonna be in the same situation that San Antonio Spurs were in. Uh, where they're gonna have to move him? Yeah, he'll move in the off season. Yeah, so he'll he'll move in the off season. I honestly, I think the Pelicans are so dead set on not trading to LA. I don't think he's going to LA next year. I don't think <laughs> LA's even in the table. I don't think it's in the cards. They probably I, finally stepped away. If I were them, I would have just walked away anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the Pelicans weren't gonna make that trade. It'll be interesting to see where he could end up. Um, and what teams end up giving up for him. Honestly, I have no idea with him. Uh, there are a lot of teams that are really banking on the free agent class because, you you know, you're going to have the Clay Thompsons, the Kevin Durants. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those guys are up. Kyrie Irving's going to be up, and it's rumored that they're all could be looking places. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's up, and he's probably yeah. leaving Toronto. Um, so that'll that'll definitely be interesting. I think there's some teams that are smart and some teams that are stupid. The Knicks strike me as one of those teams that are stupid, <laughs> trading Kristoff Porzingis. Granted, I love the move by Dallas because I love Porzingis with uh, with Luca. I that that's a great pairing. Yeah, and I love that they're keeping up with their you know with Nowitzki. They have the their Durr. tradition of uh, being the like the Forders team. It's kind of funny, but. Uh, I mean, it's they yeah they're basically the European team in uh yeah. in in the NBA. Uh, they also cleared room so that they now have room to sign a max player in the off season. I think that's brilliant. Oh yeah, because you have two stars that you can be like, hey, we have two of the youngest, most bankable, like through the roof potential yeah. stars here. Like, come join us here. Let's let's team up with them. They're gonna be great for the next ten years. And then something like the Knicks are just stupid. They literally cleared space. There's not much on that team to entice a guy to come. Like yeah. the the only way they're like they can't even just get one person because I don't think just one star is going to come. It's only if two guys team up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, you'd have to bring in, and they could still be more than one. They could the still be stuck in the. You know, they miss out on Durant, and then they get you know Jimmy Butler, and you know. They end up getting a second-rate point guard or somebody to step yeah. in. That like, and you end up like, it's going to be the same. It's almost like Paul George and the Pacers again. Then and just <laughs> in New York, like it's yeah. Jimmy Butler and a bunch of people. Yep. And I, I think that's just incredibly stupid. I don't know why. I get the clearing cap and all that to try and sign somebody, but the fact that you gave up Porzingis is a joke to me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that just reaffirms that New York's a joke franchise. Yeah, well, doesn't su- yeah. doesn't surprise me, air quotes, around that. Um, yeah. I do, What what you know me, I don't watch much about, I don't follow the NBA as much. I have some issues with the league. Mm-hmm. But I will say, Trade deadline in the NBA is more ruthless than any other sport. Oh, yes, it is. It is, like, it is exciting, too, 
I want <laughs> Harrison Barnes was traded in the middle of a game. That's kind of bogus. Like, yeah, it's the trade deadline shows no mercy in the NBA. No, like, none just whatsoever. Stuff happens like crazy. Who are the two guys from Portland that got traded, traded, then waived? Yeah, uh, I, don't I, don't remember, remember I don't remember. I don't remember the names, but, but like, yeah, no, they got yeah they. They they it was they were only traded for salary reasons. So no, it no, was kinda, it was known that they were going to be traded. No, it's waived, just so it's yeah. just so funny to me. Like, well, that, that night I do feel bad because half the time, you know, I, I'm sure a week from now we'll we'll be hearing interviews with guys going, "Yeah, I didn't I didn't know I was traded." All of a sudden, my mentions went crazy on Twitter and. I went on Twitter and realized I'd been traded, and then 20 minutes later, I got a phone call from somebody telling me I was traded. Right, that's like, like that's always how the NBA works, and I, I feel bad for those guys. That's rough. It's it's ruthless. It kills me though. It's yeah. just it's just so the fact Harrison Barnes traded in the middle of a game like that's that's rough. That sucks. He doesn't know until after, mm-hmm. and he's gonna still go and play for a team that he's not even on anymore. Yeah, get out of here. That's uh, that does definitely not cool. Suck. Not cool. But it is. It it makes it exciting to kind of see it all it happen. Does. It does. Tra- trade line in the end. N- trade deadline in the NBA is one of my favorite times. Just yeah, because it is so entertaining. Like. I kind of wish like football or you know, you Nothing know the NFL or something. Close if they it. could even be like remotely entertaining I know. like this, trade it'd be awesome. deadline is quiet in most other sports. Honestly, yeah, you know they have the few. They you know they make a trade for a backup, you know linebacker right. or something. Like, That's as crazy as it gets. There's honestly the only other sport where there's any kind of semi-significant activity on at trade at the trade deadline is the NHL and it's nothing compared to the yeah. NBA. Like you don't get the Clippers and 76ers trade. Oh yeah. You no. don't get you don't get no. that in any that other was, sport. That was an interesting <laughs> trade too. I don't know. Philly that Philly's almost got too many people on that team now that do similar things like Yeah. It it almost seems like a logjam. I don't know what they're going to do. I still don't know that it's good enough to beat the uh the Celtics. Yeah. I still think the Celtics should be the favorite in, in yeah. the East. That, that's my own opinion is I, I think the Celtics will end up pulling it out because Brad Stevens is a wizard, and that Celtics team is built really well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, again, the Clippers. The Clippers are one of the few teams that I think are actually smart in the way they dump the, the salary and that they have uh, – uh, room to, to sign max players in the offseason. The other thing, the Clippers, the Clippers – have Jerry West, yeah, as a uh, I believe his official title is he's like an executive consultant or whatever. But basically, let's be honest, he's kind of the GM. Like <laughs> he's the one being like, do this, and you do what Jerry West tells you to do, because he's probably the greatest GM in right. the history of the sport, building multiple championship teams with the Lakers, and then even y- you got to give him all the credit in the world for this Golden State dynasty. He built this team. Golden State wanted to trade Klay Thompson for Kevin Love, and Jerry West said, if you do that, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, you're stupid. Don't do that. And they listened. They didn't <laughs> look, do it. Look at them. And look, look what they did. Yeah. That was Jerry West. Jerry West built that team. And now Jerry West in uh, in L.A. with the Clippers. I honestly, I would say the Clippers, I like the Clippers to get more, more big stars than I, I think the Lakers will be. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be competing against each other. I honestly think Kawhi, if I had to put money on it, now it's, it's not a guarantee, but if, if I were putting my own money on it, I would put money on Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers. That would be my bet. I like the Clippers. I, yeah. 
I wouldn't. I I don't know why everyone is so hung up on the Lakers. Yeah, the Clippers are right there. I feel like me personally, if I'm an athlete, I want to go to the little brother team. Mm-hmm. That's just always been my attitude. So I would pick the Clippers. And you you know when we talk and you're always we're always talking about oh which are the top five release lists for this free agent or this guy who requested a trade. I always mm-hmm. put the Clippers on there. Yeah, they And you be. always laugh at me for it, but I always put the Clippers on there. You know, well, they... And it's always the Lakers. Yeah. It's always the Lakers. And I'm like, why? Well, then, the, the interesting two thing, like every time there's a, there's a trade, it's always, oh, I want to go to the Lakers or I want to go to the Knicks. But then I was thinking about it, like, when's the last time a guy's actually signed with the Knicks? or the Like, the Lakers just got LeBron. This right. is true. But other than LeBron... When's the last time the Lakers actually signed a big-time free agent, and the <laughs> the last time the New York Knicks got a got a, signed a star? Right. Um, I hear crickets because uh, I can't remember of one. It doesn't because it doesn't like, happen. It, it hasn't happened. Right. Like it used to ha- back in the day. Yeah. Happened all the time. Nowadays, no. Yeah. And I think also the thing Clippers, I think, are an up and coming team with the new ownership and Steve Ballmer. He's putting money in and he cares mm-hmm. about the team. And I think that's very important. And then also, yeah, the fact they have Jerry West being the de facto general manager, you know, yeah. having putting his thumbprints all over that organization. I definitely think they're one of the up-and-coming franchises in, yeah. uh, in all sports. Yeah. I like. I want to see them pull it together. It would be yeah. fun. Just because I'd love to hear about the Clippers over the Lakers any day. Oh, it'd be so nice. I That would make my day. It would make, make my it day, It would too. make my NBA season. It would. If the Clippers really were the more popular team. I would love it. I would love oh, to see that great. flip. Oh, I'd enjoy it. So, so, as a Blazers fan, I hate the Lakers. So, so yeah. It'd be great. But, For uh, any uh, NBA upcoming free agents listening, the Clippers, up and coming. Yep. Go there. Please. Kawhi, you hear us. I know yeah. you listen. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that about does it. I think we, yeah. we fairly covered uh Yeah, we'll cover NBA the NBA decently. more going forward. There's, a, there's an important rant I want to hear. Okay, Mills. I wouldn't call it a rant, but it's well, a good one. Yeah. You know, I know how you get about the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I'm opinionated with the Blackhawks. And uh, we, we know from our very first podcast that you you have very strong feelings about the Blackhawks. Yep. And I will admit, I'm only a casual, casual hockey fan. Right. That's how I am with um, the NBA. So. so so I defer to you on all things hockey. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah. Let us know what's up with the Blackhawks. All right. First things first, I don't want to. I don't want anyone who's a Hawks fan buying into this. We're gonna make the playoffs sentiment. All right, the Hawks they are up against it. I mean, they have a seven point five percent chance at getting the first overall pick in the lottery draft, seven point two percent chance at making the playoffs, and it's only at seven point two because of their latest five game win streak. Um, Bit, but I'll cover that in a little bit. I want to talk Patrick Kane right now, my guy. I love I love Patrick Kane. He is making a case for his for another MVP year. Even if they don't make the if they make the playoffs and he keeps this performance up, Kane wins it because he's on pace to break to have a better season than he did in 2016 when he won MVP. Dang. Right now, 32 goals, second in the NHL, 78 points, second in the NHL. Very How solid. can you have? The lead, the second leading goal scorer, second <laughs> overall scorer, and still just now be climbing out of the basement. You oh, be the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's because it, Stan Bowman. I'll get into you another time. But 
Kane is he is literally doing everything in his power to carry this team. And I absolutely love Patrick Kane. So I love seeing him do well. I still think he's the most val I think I've thought for a few years he's the most valuable player on that team, and that is not changing, especially with his latest spurt here. Twenty eight points in his last twelve games, ten goals in his last twelve games, tw- at least one point in twenty of his last twenty one. Come on. That's that's MVP production there, and he's doing he's doing it all right now for that team, and it's you're just not even seeing anyone stop it, and I love it. Um, back to the whole playoff because you, you know how it is with Chicago in the media and sports they blow up once something happens. Oh, yeah. Latest five game streak here for the Blackhawks finds them three points out of the wild card. Here's the problem. There are five teams ahead of them, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Edmonton, Vancouver, and St. Louis. The only reason they're this close is out of those teams, I'm sorry, that was six teams. Out of those six teams, five of them lost the last uh, two nights ago when the Hawks played. Only Vancouver, or yeah, only St. Louis won. Going off of that, all of those teams except Vancouver have at least one game in hand. Mm. So the Hawks aren't like behind in games and only like one or two points behind them no they're they're ahead in games and still behind oh. them so we you need a lot to go right yes yeah, so across the league okay. for them to even have a chance which is why it stays at that 7.2 percent and it was 3.6 oh, okay. up until their five game win streak here so you know if i'm the with that in mind if i'm the hot people are saying oh let's prep for the playoffs let's make a playoff push i swear if i see stan bowman trade someone for a rental player <laughs> if i see one young name go i'm done all right stan bowman listen to me if you ever somehow listen to this podcast listen to what i'm saying right here you stay in cell mode you have your untouchables kane taze to yokiharu those are your untouchables sod kind of maybe i would say you move him if the offer's right everyone else should be available because you need to build a younger core and you can only do that through drafts you know or yeah drafts mm-hmm. and then trades where you trade for prospects and then you kind of revamp retool kind of fill in the, the holes during mm-hmm. free agency that is where i stand with the blackhawks you are still in sell mode and you embrace the fact that you have a 7.2 percent chance to make the playoffs 7.2 now if it happens i'll be ecstatic about it don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. i just think in terms of realism you are building a future not one season yeah and so you need to keep that in mind. You keep your untouchables, the guys I listed, Kane, Taze, Dabrinkit, Yokiharu, maybe Saad. Okay. Everyone else, I think you field offers, especially mm-hmm. your older defensemen. I love Keith and Seabrook, but if you know, if you can if they have huge cap hits and they're pretty old now. So if you yeah. can if you get the right offer, a team that wants that veteran all-star, all-pro defenseman, you know, you yeah. go, you, you move them, and you have you to. And, young and prospects. It's, it sucks. It sucks because those guys have been Hawks forever, and you hate to see the their future legends in my eyes. You hate to see them go, but yeah. I think you let them go mm-hmm. if the offer is right. Either way, I think definitely in the offseason, you, it's, it's just, 
I think it's you're, you got to be in, you got to be in sell mode. You got to move on from the age because yeah. it is catching up to the Hawks yeah. right now. You kind of got to be like the Patriots. You got to let them go. Yeah, your catch their age is catching up to them officially, and there's just too many. There's too much that this team needs to do, and I, I get it. You want to push for the playoffs. You let them push for it, but I don't. I don't think it's realistic at all, and I think you got to keep the team in sell mode. Okay, I'll cut it there because. I could spend a long time talking I know, about it. I know you could. You could spend another hour on the Blackhawks. So we'll cut. We'll cut it there because oh. I don't want to dive in too deep. Mm-hmm. I do. We got our new segment. We do. We uh, we're calling it Quick Hits. And so basically, the premise of this segment, uh, we'll gr- we're gonna alternate every week. So this week it's gonna be me asking Andrew. So I'm gonna give Andrew three random questions. He has no idea what these questions are. He has not been prepped on these questions. <laughs> uh, the point of these questions, uh, some of them are serious. Some of them just want to have fun with. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, it's, a, it's some of them are kind of a joke. Some of them are serious. But uh, with that being said, yeah. I will uh, apologize if there's a long pause of silence <laughs> for me to think. All right. That's, that's fair <laughs> enough. So uh, question number one, what is your gut reaction? Where does Bryce Harper sign? Oh, geez. You're coming at me quick there. Bryce Harper. Oh, man. Gut reaction. Where does he go? I have this weird... I have this weird feeling he's going to end up in Philly. Okay. I don't... Okay. I know Philly's pushing hard for him in Machado. Yeah. I just have this weird feeling that he's going to end up in Philly. I can see that. I don't, I don't think you're crazy. I think, uh, but I think honestly, it's very much on the table. He... He could end up anywhere. I know he's not going to go to yeah. the Chicago teams, but he, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's in it for I, Chicago teams. Yeah, I for whatever reason, and honestly, I could have nothing to back me up on this other than I remember reading Philly was pushing for him. Yeah, Philly I was, have a weird Philly feel, was the team pushing early. I yeah, I just I feel like Philly's the the only team that's been in it the whole time. Maybe the Yankees, but. Yeah. Wait, no, no, not the Yankees. Well, the Yankees. They have Judge. Ju- well, Judge is offering right now publicly to switch positions, so uh, they are making a play. I, I don't know whether or not it'll I, actually happen, but uh, I like your Phillies pick. I like. I just. I have a weird feeling about the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, question number two. This one's a little bit of a longer one. Okay. This one's going to hit you hard. Uh, so, of Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson. So all the rookie quarterbacks this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I want who has the best year next year and who has sophomore slump. And you could say any or all of them for the sophomore slump. But uh, who has the best year? Okay. I like to be very bold with my picks. Mm-hmm. I say best year, Josh Allen. I agree. I actually agree on I have, that one. I, that's, I thought about it a long time, and I came to yeah, that conclusion. My, I'm saying best year, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Biggest reason, I feel like most people would disagree with me there. And so I kind of want to go with something that people would say. I just – I have I have a weird feeling about him. He's I, really athletic. I feel he's like he was underrated. Athletic. Yeah, he's crazy if he can athletic. Work, if he can work on his arm a little bit and spend it off – like if they can – Build an offensive staff yeah. around him. Well, even I don't think his arm is so much an issue. His receivers are just well. Crap. I mean, like I'm not like his arm in terms of his arm yeah, talent, but like, but getting, like yeah, all in all, being the, more all consistent of the stuff throwing, that goes yeah. into throwing mechanics, footwork, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. If he if they can work on his pocket passing ability, yeah. I mean, he's got the he's got the legs for it. We learned that. Just yeah. teach him how to slide. 
You yeah, know, definitely. no more hurdling defenders. I yeah. get that was early in the year, but he's got to be careful with that. Yeah. I'm going to uh, say who of them, and you could choose yeah, all I of say them Josh if you Allen. wanted to for a slump, but uh, who, who's for slump? Um, my the slump? more slump. The only, in, I'm saying Baker only because I think he's going to be held to the highest standard going I, into next season. I kind season. of agree. I think he, and so the standards are too high. I feel like, I feel like he's going to be held to this really high standard that is kind of impractical only because of how surprisingly well I'll say surprisingly well he did in Cleveland yeah. his this rookie year so yeah and I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say it's really a slump it's just gonna be like a oh it's, it's not kind of a, a slower yeah. like his growth is gonna slow down yeah like people are saying already oh can Cleveland make the playoffs yeah I like don't, I don't think it's gonna happen I, I think, honestly feel like if he has a, st- yeah. a statistically similar year to this year it will be considered a slump yeah because of how yeah. well I mean what did he, he set the rookie passing touchdown record right Twenty-seven. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's go- he's going to be held. He's going to be held yeah. to I think almost a Pat a Pat Mahomes level standard for his second yeah. year, which is unfair to him. Yeah, and so that's feel, why I, I that's bad. why I say he's going to be considered to have yeah. the slump because yeah. the rest of the guys I don't think have done enough to call uh, it a slump. Yeah, the rest the, of the, the guys other, haven't the been other, great. The other one I thought somewhat similar. I think there's a lot of hype around Lamar. Yeah, and I, I can do. see Mo- Lamar having a letdown year. Yeah, I quit. People are expecting that was quickly running through my mind, but I just feel like yeah, there's the rest, yeah. less that we've seen from Lamar. Yeah, so we don't. Who knows what else there is for him to show? You know what I yeah. mean? And so yeah. I have this weird feeling that, you know, maybe he has a he improves a little bit mm-hmm. more, and so he's. I just don't. I think Baker's held to the highest standard going into next season. Yeah, and so he's got the hardest thing to live up to. Yeah, the other one. I think I think uh, Josh Rosen might get a lot of hype next year because I think he might put up stats with with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. With Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I, yeah, I see yeah. that. So, uh, quick hit number three. Uh, this is probably my favorite one. This is a fun one. Okay. So, uh, I don't know how, but somehow there's a scenario where uh, an all-out street fight, no rules street fight breaks out. Oh, what is... What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, and in, uh, in this hypothetical fight, you have Tyreek Hill, fastest man in the NFL, Okay. versus uh, the fastest man alive, Usain Bolt. In a fight. In a fight. Anything goes. Usain Bolt. You, you're picking Usain Bolt? This entire Tyreek Hill's like what? 5'9? Five, 5'10? Five, Tyreek Hill is 5'10, 185 pounds. And Usain Bolt, Usain I want to say 6'3. 6'5, 207. Six, okay, yeah, Usain Bolt. His arm is longer yeah. than Tyreek Hill's height, all right? Yeah. Well, that, it's true. Just <laughs> and he's faster. So even if he's getting his butt whooped, he can sprint away faster. That's true. Granted, <laughs> this is also the dude who said that. Uh, he would never train to do an 800 because it'd be too painful. Okay. Tyreek Hill can take a punch. I'm still picking. It's 6'5". He's 6. Bro, <laughs> he's got true. 7 inches on him. He, I don't know. I you feel you like see those, you know those like cartoons and like <laughs> stuff that adults do with kids where they just stick, <laughs> they their, stick their arm, arm out. out and hold them in place and I they're like swinging and can't hit. I feel like that's what that would be. I don't know. I feel like Tyreek Hill would, would just tackle him and bring him to the ground just just thrash him. But, uh... No, that was, that was my fun if one. You, I feel like if Usain Bolt uses his body to his advantage, I have no doubt That's in true. my mind. I Tyreek Hill's a football player, all right? He's I definitely, definitely think he is tougher. And I think he could – yeah, I think he'll probably throw a better punch, but Usain Bolt's a pretty built guy too. Yeah, he's skinny jack though. Still, he's, he's not He's not, He's not. not swole like Tyreek is. Yeah, he's he's lean though. He's Yeah. I – I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give that one to size. Honestly, that's fair. I'm gonna give it to size. Uh, being being a smaller dude myself, I uh, I'm 
I'm picking Tyreek. All right. That was my pick. Well, I'm, I'm the same height as Tyreek, so. Yeah, well, although, so our, our, final, our, uh, our final thing I want to end on, uh, I feel like we have to talk about this, <laughs> and it is, it is in that vein of fighting, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go to flow track. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the headline. I'm gonna read the little paragraph summarizing what happens. So uh, this headline it absolutely boggles my mind, <laughs> especially with you know the two of us being uh, cross country runners, distance runners. You know we go running all the time. Uh, here's a headline on flow track: Runner chokes out attacking cougar with his bare hands. That's a headline. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's right. So th- this happened uh, February 5th, I believe, is the date of this article. And uh, outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, this happened on the February 4th is when this happened uh, earlier this week. Uh, so outside of Fort Collins, Colorado, while, fo- while following the West Ridge Trail on the Horsetooth Mountain open space, the runner said that he heard something behind him. He turned around to see what it was. It was an 80-pound big cat, and it lunged at him. He sustained, steri- he sustained serious injuries to his wrist and face, according to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, but somehow managed to fight and break free from the lion, killing the lion in self-defense. This dude killed a mountain lion. Andrew, Checkmate, dude. Checkmate, Mother Nature. Lion. Checkmate. That's right. That's what's up. Don't don't that say is, don't say runners aren't badasses. All right. It's all that lean muscle, dude. That is that is <laughs> that's insane. crazy though. Oh, I no. I saw this article and I went. You that have to be kidding me. That dude that's is a, a savage. That, that is, is a, a man. man. You know that's why we can't. That's why we can't skip our lifting days. Yeah, don't don't any any young runners out there, uh, runners don't, don't skip lifting day. Don't be don't afraid of the weight, the weight room. room. You can be okay. afraid of the people in the weight room, but don't be afraid of the weight room itself. Yeah. You you might you might need it one day. Yeah, you might you Especially might need to Especially if you're in yourself. Colorado or you like to go on those forced trails yeah. and stuff or even, you never uh, know even I, li- I live in oregon and i i know there's some parks i, I run out where they have signs of uh cougar sightings and stuff and i'm like oh that's, that's crazy fun. though but uh yeah <laughs> that's, no i uh, that's what that's it this dude is a straight savage yeah the fact that he managed to choke out the mountain lion while having the claws dig in and according according to the, the th- he sustained injuries to his wrist and face so this, I'm man. imagining this clack clawing into his face, yeah. and he's like, "Nah, <laughs> he, I'm gonna kill it." He chokes it out. <laughs> that is that is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's badass, dude. No other words for it. Yeah, absolute, absolute bad. Don't 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 ever disrespect a runner. That's right. Okay, don't ever disrespect. That's right. A We're tough. All right. We are. Who else wants to go out and run five miles competitively? Or uh, or do a sixteen mile long run to give up your Saturday. Or kill mountain lions. <laughs> or kill mountain. Only lions. us. Only runners yeah. will do that. What up with our bare hands? Bare hands. Yep. I mean, Oy. honestly though, a freaking raccoon comes at me, I'll kick it. But <laughs> yeah, runners are badass. That's, that's all I'm not saying. Jumping on my back, attacking me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, that was that was definitely a crazy story. No, that's but, a good uh, one. Yeah, I had to, had to share that on the podcast. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fun way to wrap that's it a up. Fun way to wrap it up. So yeah, that'll so, be uh, it for us here. Um, that is it. That is episode three in the books. You can find us, Brosbeard Sports. We're uh, we're on Twitter. 
you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, we will be uploaded to all three of those. On Twitter, we are at Beardsbrothes. And soon to be, we will be on Facebook. Facebook. Finally getting We're that getting set that up. Set kind up. of slacked and, there. Uh, we've slacked there. Uh, <laughs> your boy Mills is going to be sending out all those sports memes. So yep. be sure to follow that just for the memes. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions uh, for us you want us to answer on the podcast, uh, you can email us at beardsbrosports, beards.bros.sports at gmail.com. Uh, and that about does it for us. Yeah. Feel free to tweet at us too, whatever you want. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep it easy. Yep. See ya.